What's up, people? Alright, good morning, folks. Hopefully you can hear me. Today is Thursday, April 13, 2013. Welcome to the party. Happy birthday, Carrie. Welcome to episode number 344 of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing presented by Simply Cyber. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you... Nick Barker, the whole Left Coast contingent, Harish Kumar, the birthday boy himself, Kerry, Tom Bishop, and so many other members of the Simply Cyber community. And you, if you're new here, are going to be going through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my opinion, my analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. Or if you're looking to break in the industry, you're going to get value. Both of you will get value. I promise you, you will be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current? in a uh in cybersecurity, i guarantee you get that question and this is a fantastic answer for that question so stay tuned we're going to get right into it have a good time but before we shred the top news stories before we see haircut fishes meme of the week because it is thursday we are going to be saying what's up throwing some love for my friend the stream sponsors I did wear this to uh, class today. <laughs> I did wear this to class today. Uh, I want to say shout out to the stream sponsors. Thank you so much. Uh, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions, Eric Taylor, Casually Joseph, the whole gang over there at Barricade Cyber Solutions are dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out for check them out at barricadecyber.com. Here's their uh, website right here. If you want to uh, go there, let me help direct you where you really should go. There's a lot of great content on the website, but Eric's calendar is right here at the bottom. This is where you want to go. Set up a meeting. Go get left of boom. Get left of boom and set up a meeting with Eric Taylor. No obligation. Just have a meeting with them and talk about what it would look like. What would it look like if they were to help you in the event of an incident? You might be surprised that, hey, guess what? For Barricade Cyber to help you through an incident response, they need credit credentials to your uh, O365 tenant. Might be beneficial to have those built out ahead of time and then just make the account dormant, right? So things like that, conversations like that. Give Barricade Cyber a call. Um, and set that up. Also want to say shout out love to XM Cyber. Hold on. I got to find the new read that they gave me. Okay, guys, check it out. They just released this uh, industry report. Uh, it's pretty good. I've been reading it. Organizations are overwhelmed with thousands of exposures across their cloud and on-prem environment on a monthly basis. So much, in fact, that I, like statistically only 10% of any known uh, weaknesses are actually addressed month over month. So you, it's kind of a losing battle. So to efficiently reduce risk, it's... Um, <laughs> unrealistic right so you can discover the most critical threats and practical tips on how to overcome remediation fatigue and actually get you know priority cyber risk reduction with a new approach to efficiently reduce your risk xm cybers 2023 state of exposure management report can help you with that link in the description below that takes you just to downloading the report okay you can see here i've got the report all printed out myself it's pretty, it's pretty dense. You know, obviously I print two-sided and two pages per sheet because I do care about trees and I don't want to. But I, I, for me, I do need to, like, a report like this, I need to print out and read. There's your tidbits Tuesday on a Thursday. That's how I consume that type of information. But thank you also very much. And also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi, but more about them at the mid-roll. If you are uh, wanting to get some CPEs, each episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say, um, you know, hashtag team live in chat. I see. Oh, crap. So it says zero on the bottom right. Uh, but it sounds like you guys can hear me and see me. I hope. Right. Can I get a high five? <laughs> can I get a high five from anyone? Um, 
I, I'm a little concerned. Oh, there it goes. 162. You guys all just showed up. Wow. All right. So, uh, 162 of you here. Hashtag Team Live if you're in chat. If you're watching on replay, today's the first day that you're going to see ads at the beginning. Thank you for your continued support. And let's hope that the experiment of YouTube pushing Simply Cyber further, faster, uh, comes to fruition. I'll, I'll report back with metrics on that for y'all. But, um... Hashtag Team Replay in the chat. Good to have you, Team Live. Stephanie Lakowski, very good to see you. Uh, also, hashtag Passive Observer. If you're a lurker sitting in the background, imposter syndrome, whatever it is, don't be shy. Say hashtag Passive Observer in chat. Announce yourself. Let the Simply Cyber community wrap you in a virtual hug and welcome you into what professional networking can be. Don't be shy. Hashtag Passive Observer. We'd love to hear from you. If you are uh, an internal stranger and others, uh, hashtag team hybrid. So very rare uh, condition, but if you got here late and you're watching 2X, so I'm talking really fast right now, so now it sounds like I'm talking 4X, and then you've caught up to us in real time, you are team hybrid. Let us know in chat. Welcome to all the passive observers. Hey, Ryan Gardner, good to see you. Thanks for stepping into the light. Hey, Medine, good to see you. R, Choco, Chocobo. Bobo, good morning. Good morning to all of you. All right, guys. So let's sit back and relax and let's let the smooth. <clears throat> oh, my God. Let's let the smooth tones of the top cyber news wash over us in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. Angela, the report it's is in the Thursday, description below. April 13, like, 2023. Hey, if anyone wants that uh, XM Cyber Report, it's in the description below here. Uh, let me show you. Um, and I, I, I'd almost want you to click on the description below just because that way they, they have tracking, right? And obviously they um, they sponsored the stream. So it, it, helps, um, it helps encourage them to continue sponsoring the stream. You can see right here in chat. Here's the link right here. Uh, I'll drop it in chat. XM Cyber Report for... I think it was Angela that asked for it. All right, let's get back to it. Oh my God, idiot. Windows Zero Day exploited in Nakayawa ransomware attacks. Yesterday's summary of Patch Tuesday included CVE 2023-28252, which has been described as a privilege escalation flaw affecting the Windows common log file system. This is driver. the one I was talking about yesterday. According to Kaspersky, a known ransomware cybercrime group has been exploiting this vulnerability to deliver Nokayawa ransomware. Spelled N-O-K-O-Y-A-W-A, -A, Nokayawa is a ransomware family designed to target Windows systems and emerged in February 2022. Code similarities suggest ties to the Karma and Nemti ransomware families, while attack chain similarities connect it to the notorious Hive operation, which was disrupted recently by law enforcement. Kaspersky plans on releasing additional information nine days after Patch Tuesday. Yep. All right, so a couple things. One. Two, this was the story that I dropped yesterday talking about the CLFS. This was part of Patch Tuesday. This is actively being exploited by ransomware threat actor groups at this time. Nokayawa ransomware group who I've not who I have not heard of in the past. So that's a new name to me. Might be old to some of you, but that's brand new coming on the scene to me. This is actively being exploited. You definitely should prioritize getting these patches on your systems, specifically uh, mission critical systems, external facing systems, maybe your sales team. <laughs> no judgments there, but you know, protect them from themselves. Um, okay, guys, so this one's pretty pretty bad. The good news or the bad news is that on, on April 20th, Kaspersky will be releasing the full report on what this is. They've been very tight-lipped on what the vulnerability is and how to exploit it because it, it to me, it's going to be obvious. Mark my words, right? This is a hot take Jerry. Where's my hot takes? Uh, hot take Jerry. So it's a mixture of this one and this one. That's the hot take Jerry thing. Um, it's going to be ridiculously easy to, expo uh, to exploit and there's going to be a massive uh, push. I, I, I won't be doing the news uh, on the 20th and 21st. But on the 21st, I guarantee you, Eric Taylor, who's going to be guest hosting, is going to be reading a story about how 
Um, a bunch of systems got exploited because of the CLFS with the exploitation coming out. If not the 21st, then absolutely on Monday. You call. You heard it here first, people. All right, so patch your stuff. LinkedIn and Microsoft Entra introduce a new way to verify professional contacts. Microsoft has announced a new verification feature for LinkedIn members who will be able to verify their place of work with a Microsoft Entra verified ID credential. This, they state, will allow people to be more confident that those with whom they collaborate are authentic and that work affiliations on their profiles are accurate. Verified ID is built on open standards for decentralized identity, which operates on a triangle of trust model involving an issuer, usually an employer, a holder, the individual, and a verifier that can cryptographically authenticate that the digital employee ID is genuine and was issued by the place of work that the employee claims. The service is currently being field tested with a full rollout expected at the end of the month. All right, this is very cool. So LinkedIn, Microsoft bottom, link, LinkedIn, Microsoft is making, you know, a straight cash, homie. straight cash home. You should see how much it costs um, to use LinkedIn as like a business for sales and marketing and stuff. Because it's, guys, here's the deal. There's like a really rich set of telemetry. Like if I'm a, if I'm a, a salesperson, right? Like, 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 let's just, for example, um, the Simply Cyber GRC Analyst Masterclass. Now I made it and I sell it and I do make money off of it, but I don't do sales or marketing um, pushes and stuff like that. I'm, I don't have time for that and I'm not good at it. But if I wanted to, I could pay for LinkedIn and I could target people who are specifically trying to break into InfoSec or are SOC level one or like whatever, or in the United States or are female or are uh, worked in law enforcement previously or whatever. You can carve up LinkedIn data like nobody's business, okay? To really hyper-target your sales and marketing, which is great for businesses. But at the end of the day, LinkedIn for us, or for many of us, is a free platform. And when the product's free, you're the product, right? So they charge a pretty penny. It's like $10,000, $15,000 um, a year for access to this data. So Microsoft's making money hand over fist. So they want this platform to be rich and robust. And there has been an increase in threat actor activity, standing up fake sock puppet accounts, for lack of a better term, and soliciting um, you know, fake job recs and tricking people into downloading malware, um, fake employment stuff, and tricking recruiters to download malware, right? So there's, there's a lot of like fraud and kind of bad behavior going on. So what this effectively is doing, what this is effectively going to do is allow you, you can see it right here, this green check mark. This is effectively going to allow you to demonstrate that you do in fact work at this place. Now, one question that comes to my mind immediately is, do the employers have to pay for this service? I hope not. I hope that this is just something, um, Joel B, you, you are a good looking T-bone, Joel B. Um, it's making me wonder if they're going to charge for this or if this is a service they're going to provide in order to um, present a richer, safer environment. Like I, I almost feel like it will be free because they want people um, to feel safe in, on the platform and not um, at risk. So it's three pieces. There's the employer, the individual, and then some third-party verifier. I don't know how that works. I have certain people that like, so Simply Cyber is listed on my LinkedIn account as a company that I have. And I have people like Basecase and Aaron that, that and, and, and Kimberly and others that help me. And some of them have chosen, um, and we've agreed to it, to put Simply Cyber as a, as, a, as a place of employment they work at right now as like production engineer, uh, freelance, or in Basecase's <laughs> audio expert, uh, freelance, right? So for that example, if they wanted to verify um, I could say, yes, they work here, but I don't know where the third-party verification piece comes in. Um, so that's all how that's going to work. The, the second thing I point out with this is that um, it's not immediately obvious to me how to, how to um, fake this or compromise this or circumvent this control. But I will tell you that threat actors and security researchers alike are very, very savvy people, very interesting people. Um, so it'll be... It'll be interesting to see how they get around that. I, I almost wonder if it's going to be like um, where you start standing up fake businesses like, um, you know, Capital capital Un, right? So like instead of O-N-E for Capital One, it's like the O with the two dots on it. 
any, so like some type of puny code attack where then you have a Capital One business. I mean, it's going to look fake, though, because you won't have 50,000 employees. You'll have one employee. But I, I don't know. Stay tuned for this, okay? I'm definitely into this workplace verification thing. I think it's going to be good for the platform. I hope they don't charge. And I'll be curious to see how threat actors uh, uh, um, attack it. Russia places Ukraine internet infrastructure clearly in its sights, both high-tech and low. Two reports from CyberScoop, one this week and one from last month, reveal two sides of the cyber war that Russia is conducting against Ukraine. One shows how tactics are becoming lower tech, whereas in February 2022, Russia disabled the satellite internet provider Viasat with a wiper malware, it has now turned to stepping up its missile and artillery attacks on Ukraine's energy infrastructure to cause localized internet outages. This is according to findings released by Cloudflare. However, Microsoft's Digital Threat Analysis Center stated that although it does not necessarily think that Russia will launch a stream of cyber attacks, quote, we are currently seeing patterns of targeted threat activity in Ukraine, similar to the early days of the invasion, end quote. Clint Watts, general manager of Microsoft's Digital Threat Analysis Center, told CyberScoop in a statement that, quote, Russian state actors are working to gain accesses in Ukrainian and European networks and refining their malicious toolkits, further suggesting preparations are underway for espionage or destruction, end quote. Okay, so this is interesting. Uh, I had speculated that Russia was going to go ham on Ukraine uh, during the the winter, thinking that they could attack the infrastructure and kind of freeze out the citizens and maybe cause disruption that way. That did not happen as far as I can tell. I don't know if they made an attempt and it failed. Some of that information will not uh, be released, obviously. But now Russia is uh, publicly attacking Ukraine's internet infrastructure. Couple things, you might be thinking like, but Jerry, they use Starlink, right? Musk, Musk hooked them up. Uh, yeah, potentially, but those are for like individual citizens and maybe like some just on-demand businesses. Um, a lot of like energy and electrical infrastructure, your critical infrastructure type stuff is is old and been built out. And you can't just like rip and replace Starlink for all the network activity um, at these facilities because they just have a lot of like infrastructure that's developed and built, right? So they're probably using more traditional uh, internet means, communication paths, physical wiring that's already in place. You can't just you can't just say it's Starlink now. It's not a video game where you just like drag and drop and all of a sudden it's Starlink. Um, for them to hit this, um, obviously we live in a digital age. So to hit and knock out internet uh, is very disruptive, right? You, you can cause power outages. You can cause water. Um, you know, water treatment and access to water, which is obviously a vital uh, resource for individuals. You can damage that. You can knock out communication. So it's very difficult for people to organize. The military uh, capability will still be able to do that because the military typically has their own comms equipment and comms infrastructure, but the actual citizens and the society and everything, they're going to get um, beat up with this. So stay tuned on this. Russia's been doing um, internet outages attacks. There was denial of service attacks and the onset of the conflict. It looks like now they're going a little bit stronger with actual physical destruction, kinetic damage of the um, internet infrastructure, which is obviously far more devastating. When we talk about the OSI model, right? Like let's take it to class, the classroom for a second. Since I've got my this thing's got elbow patches on it. Like that's how professory I am today. <laughs> um, when we talk about the OSI model, which is the stack on how network traffic goes, don't sleep on the bottom layer, layer one, the physical layer. If any layer doesn't work on the OSI model, it doesn't work. In the physical one, this is why when you hear of like a boat dropping an anchor on fiber that goes across the Atlantic and ooh, the Eastern seaboard went down. Yeah, because the physical layer attack. If I do a denial of service attack, I'm basically spewing at layer four and I'm disrupting the internet traffic, the network packets from being received um, by the recipient server, right? So that's a layer four attack. Yeah, layer four for the win, okay? But dude, if I drop a munition payload on an ISP and just wipe the building out, that's a layer one attack, just as effective. And you might even argue more longer term uh, impactful because with layer four denial of service attack, you need to keep that traffic up, right? You got to keep the fire hydrant open and keep the water spraying into the face of the victim. 
Layer one attack, if I destroy an ISP, physically drop munitions and eliminate the building, it's much more difficult to recover from that. And you don't, it's not like you need to keep dropping munitions to keep the denial of service attack. It just doesn't exist anymore. So uh, devastating consequences. And it shows you that even in a cyber war capability, kinetic tactics are still very relevant in a modern day conflict. Eliminating 2% of exposures could protect 90% of critical assets. Only 2% of all exposures enable attackers seamless access Ooh, to critical XM assets, cyber in while 75% of exposures along attack paths lead to dead ends. This statement is among the findings that come from the latest report by XM Cyber, which analyzed over 60 million exposures in over 10 million entities on-premise and in the cloud. Quote, instead of focusing on a list of 20,000 vulnerabilities to address, focus on identifying the quickest wins in your external facing infrastructure, then work to reduce the scope of permissions that your user and service accounts have, end quote, said Tanium Security Director of Endpoint Security Research, Melissa Bishoping, who is commenting on the findings. The XM Cyber Report comes weeks after a Microsoft paper suggested that just 1% of all cloud permissions are actively used. All right, really quick. This report right here is literally, click, if you want, do me a favor, click on this link, right? This isn't malware or something. This isn't some, wait, what the hell? Hold on one second. Um, click on this link. This gets you, oh my God, bro. What in the world? I'm trying to get this link here. XM Cyber Report. This is the report, okay? Where is it? This is the report, right? I've downloaded it, printed it. 2% of exposures could lead to 90% of critical assets. Also an interesting fact in here, um, the one I just told you about how only 10% um, of, of weaknesses, research shows firms only fix 10% of their vulnerabilities, right? There's like all sorts of interesting facts in here and takeaways. It's a really well-written report. Now, again, um, I'm gonna be consistent. Um, like reports that are funded by uh, vendor security vendors are going to have a bend that obviously illustrates the problem. I, I like to think of this piece as more of a, a thought piece simply because any vendor report that is based on actual telemetry instead of just like pontificating or cherry picking uh, certain statistics to tell a narrative that the vendor wants, th those are the ones that are way more biased. Th this one's actually based on legit telemetry and, and observations in, in practice and stuff like that. Plus, uh, another reason why I'm partnering with XM Cyber and you know, other kind of exposure management, and I, I have a really big announcement that I, I'm still waiting to get cleared. Um, I'm still waiting to get cleared, but I got a really big announcement that's gonna be like wicked awesome for the Simply Cyber community, uh, really, and the larger cybersecurity community in general. But um, the reason I like this is because exposure management really is the trend that we're going to, okay? Like this is a pretty niche thing that I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on right now, but like vulnerability management has been the traditional way of approaching weakness remediation, right? We talk about, oh, I'm a vulnerability management analyst. Oh, I see, I, I ran my scanner, I got all these weaknesses. What do I do? I gotta talk to the business, et cetera. Here's the deal. Exposure management is kind of like the new hotness and it's, it's, it's gonna stay around because in reality, because because you can't close all the thing because you can't close all the things um you need you need to prioritize and how do you prioritize you need intel and how do you get the intel you do you use exposure management and you get buy in and gardner did a whole paper on how to do it um like objectively you guys will see but trust me exposure management is something that you want to be mindful of now if if somebody, you know, it would be a really cool idea if somebody developed a course that was all about exposure management, um, but it was, it was free for people to take because it was sponsored by an exposure management company. Now that would be interesting. Hypothetically speaking, I'm just saying that that would be really interesting. Um, you know, if it was like five, mo six modules, uh, and kind of took you through the entire, uh, life cycle of how vulnerability management became exposure management and how to operationalize it. That would be really interesting. It'd be really interesting if it came out in the next couple of weeks. That would be really wild. Huh. Someone should do that. All right, let's do the mid-roll. And now a word from our sponsor, App Omni. 
Can you name all the third-party apps connected to your major SaaS platforms like Salesforce, Microsoft 365, or Google Workspace? What about the data these apps can access? After all, one compromised third-party app could put your entire SaaS ecosystem at risk. With App Omni, you get visibility to all third-party apps and SaaS-to-SaaS -SaaS connections, including which end-users have enabled them and the level of data access they've been granted. Visit appomni.com today to request a free risk assessment. All right, guys, we're at the mid-roll. I want to thank all of you, each of you, all 209 of you here right now. Thank you all for spending your Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon or Friday morning, depending on where you are. I think Internal Strangers in the future right now, as well as Funky Monk, all, all my Aussie friends. Guys, take a second, hit that like button if you would. It goes a long way for helping other individuals find the Simply Cyber community and engage and, and you know help themselves. I want to say thanks again to the stream sponsors for allowing allowing me to continue to do this and uh, pay the bills. XM Cyber, Panop, uh, Barricade Cyber, as I mentioned earlier, and then Panopsi. Let me just take a minute and tell you about Panopsi, guys. They do all sorts of amazing work. Brandon Poole runs that company. But if um, Jenny Buckley, I think you have to like push a button to, to like get the description to drop and then see the live chat. Guys, um, Panopsi does quantified risk assessments. What's that, Jerry? Quantified risk assessments is where you come in from a GRC perspective, interview the business, look at the workflows, look at the tech stack, and then based on evidence and threat modeling, define a statistical analysis of what the risks are to the business. Meaning, oh, you have uh, like a really horrible situation here. Uh, 75 to 90% chance of a ransomware incident happening this year. That's very high, ma'am, sir. Do you want do you want to reduce that risk? Absolutely, we want to re reduce that risk. Okay, well, for these investments, you could reduce it down to, you know, like for a $20,000 MFA solution, you could reduce it down to 50 to 60%. If you want to throw another 40 grand on top of it and imp implement PAM, you could bring it down to 22 to 38%. I just leave it to you as a business maker to decide what your level of risk appetite is, what your level of threshold for pain. What's the budget allow us to do? That's a quantified risk assessment. It's massively value. Brandon Poole and Panopsi know how to do it. Give them a shout. Panopsi, link in the description below. Again, thank you all for being here. Guys, if you get the newsletter, then you know HTTPS, simplycyber.io slash newsletter. I resent it to people who did not open it on Monday. I sent it yesterday. Hopefully you get value. If you don't know what I'm talking about, ask someone in chat. I just added a picture of my current view on Discord under chat and chill, general channel. All right, are we having a problem? Oh my God, Tom Bishop. Oh man, wow. Tom Bishop, hold on, really quick. Get the newsletter, I'm done talking about this. Look at Tom Bishop living his best life. Good grief, dude. Tom, my man, can I get a can I get a remote work from home situation? Look at this guy. We got the plant. I love it. Way to go, Tom Bishop, moving to Italy. All right, guys. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I want to remind you, like it's a good time in here, but you take it beyond the daily cyber threat briefing. Build your own professional network, and I'm helping you through the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Emilio Garcia yesterday had the baton, and he is going to tag someone today in chat. There he is. I think he's tagging Bella, perhaps. I don't know. Emilio Garcia, please tag someone. When you get tagged, go ahead and post on LinkedIn your um, story, your cyber why. What are you? Where are you going? Where'd you come from? What are you trying to do? What are you inspired? Shakira Williams. I think Shakira did it already, if I'm not mistaken. Do 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 do. Yeah. Oh, did Shakira do, uh, miss it when she did it? Interesting. All right, so Shakira, it looks like Amelia's given you a second chance. Let me know if you pick it up. Guys, go on to LinkedIn, find that Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Engage with everybody on the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Connect with them. Build your first level connection network with like-minded cybersecurity professionals and get after it. Shakira, are you good? Are you good? Do you want to, do you accept the challenge? Let me know, Shakira, if you accept the challenge. Every Thursday, Dan Reardon makes a meme. This one is uh, unsettling, but uh, I was playing music on Monday that sounded like Sonic the Hedgehog, very 1980s or 1990s music vibe. So the, <laughs> the meme of the week is me 
as Sonic the Hedgehog. Please. It, it's it's uh, Dan, I got to tell you, I, I love you, Dan. I love the work you do. This one haunts my dreams. Okay, this one, <laughs> this one haunts my dreams. Um, all right, so Jenny Housley, Shakira took it. Very good, Shakira. I look forward to seeing your post. Seriously, um, uh, I got news for you. <laughs> all right, let's go. Over 40% of cybersecurity teams told to keep breaches confidential. A new report from Bitdefender suggests that 42% of the total IT security professionals surveyed said that they have been told to keep a breach confidential when they knew it should be reported, and 30% said they have kept that breach confidential. The U.S. had the highest rate, with 71% of IT security professionals being told to keep quiet, followed by the U.K. at 44%, and Italy, Germany, and Spain in the mid-30%. In addition, 52% of global respondents said they have experienced a data breach or a data leak in the last 12 months. Okay, so the TLDR here is that... Um, the TLDR here is that breach numbers, breach reporting, statistics, hey, how many breaches happened in 2022? What by industry? They're all grossly underreporting. 40% of cyber teams said that they were told to keep confidential. Now, I will say if it's a private company, not publicly traded, it's still scummy because, you know, like basically, well, I guess it depends, right? So what information was breached? If, if, if a company suffers a cyber ransomware attack and they're a private company, right? And they're not holding PII, they're not holding regulated data. You're, you, Joe Belton's ice cream shop, my go-to example, Joe Belton's ice cream cop, uh, shop suffers a ransomware attack. That's their business. They don't need to report it. And frankly, to tell staff to not say anything, I think that's okay. Now, if it's a healthcare company and they get breached and the data gets exfilled, but they pay the ransom, that's not okay to keep it confidential. If you're a publicly traded company, we just saw, we saw Uber, we saw Uber do this and we saw Joseph Sullivan go to jail uh, for doing this. You can't do that. There are reporting requirements, and it doesn't matter if you don't want people to know. You you decided to play in that 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 arena on with those rules, then you have to abide by them. Now, I will say, say you're publicly say you're a publicly traded healthcare company, and a breach happens, and you're told to keep things quiet. Well, then, I mean, who do you tell? I mean, do you, do you call a news like the local news? Do you call the Department of Justice, the FBI? I don't know, and it's really a it's an interesting question because there's a do it or don't do it. But then there's the also like some people might be like, I just don't want to be involved. Like I find this deplorable, but I don't want to risk my employment um, at the company. I have family to provide for. I'm just going to bury my head in the sand because it feels like a victimless crime. So, you know, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Also, one other thing I want to uh, mention, and this is really more for people who are new to the industry or breaking in. Um, there is a very specific definition for breach versus incident versus event. You might even be asked this question in an interview. Um, you might be asked, what's the difference between a breach and an incident? When you say breach, that like kicks off workflows and processes that you cannot unwind, okay? An incident is something that's being evaluated. You're trying to decide if it's a problem, et cetera, et cetera. When you say breached, uh, clocks start clicking. You have 72 hours to report it. You have you know, X amount of days before you tell the insurance company. You have X amount of days before you tell the public. Like, like There's a lot of different things that happen when the word breach gets used. So oftentimes you'll hear uh, a CISO report in the news like we're, we're, um, we're analyzing an incident that occurred right? Like the, the, the words matter. Okay. So you will not see the word breach until it's absolutely the last second that you have to call it a breach. Okay. So be aware of how that, yeah, exactly. Thank you. BSEC. That's a good, breach is a bomb incidents of fire. Okay. So just be mindful of, if you're asked that question in an interview, breach is like the end all be all like can't go back. Incident is like, we're trying to evaluate what's going on here. And like, again, you'll see it in the news all the time. Like when Dish Network, Dish Network went down, right? Ransomware attack. They were reporting initially, like everything's gone to hell. Uh, sorry, Kennedy. 
everything's gone to crap in a handbasket. Dish Network is like, services are down, all these things. They're, they're investigating an incident. It was clearly a breach, okay? It was clearly a breach. But they weren't reporting it that way yet. Okay, here we go. SAP fixes two critical bugs. SAP's April 2023 security updates include a total of 24 notes, 19 of which are new vulnerabilities. The most critical being CVE 2023-27267, which is missing authentication and insufficient input validation in the OS command bridge of SAP Diagnostics Agent, and CVE 2023-28765, affecting SAP Business Objects Business Intelligence Platform. The complete list of the notes is reported in the latest security bulletin, and of course, SAP administrators are urged to apply the available security patches as soon as possible. Yeah, apply the patches, although that may not be possible. All right, um, I'm going to tell you two things with this. One is like operational, and that'll be quick. And then the other one is more macro level picture of our industry. And <clears throat> I'd love, you know, either listen and absorb, or if you um, can resonate with me, let me hear it in chat. Okay, so first, the objective piece SAP released two critical bugs. If you're running SAP in your environment, SAP is a massive ERP solution. You won't see it at small businesses. Medium businesses might be dabbling with it, but for the by and large, this is a large enterprise solution. It's very expensive, it's very complicated, um, and it's got two critical bugs, which can lead to something. I, you know, I don't even know. Um, successful exploitation can lead to full compromise. That's not a good situation. We're talking when I say ERP, that's enterprise resource um, program. Um, basically, it's like the nerve center of a business. It's how you do HR. It's how you do payroll. It's how you do project planning. Um, you know, internal promote. Like it, it, it's it's a massive resource that large enterprises use because large enterprises are very, very complicated and they need it to run, okay? Um, now, here's here's the reality, okay? Thank you, enterprise resource planning. Here's the reality I'll share with you, okay? And if you, if you identify with this, holler in chat, okay? And I'll only spend a minute on this, but it's something that you would never get out of a textbook. You will not get this in any textbook or, or course or whatever, <laughs> unless it's one of my courses. SAP is an application. It's a very important application, but it's an application nonetheless. When you come in as an information security professional, right, whether you did SOC or GRC or whatever, most times you're looking at endpoints like workstations, tablets, phones. You're looking at uh, individuals and you're looking at networking devices. Maybe you you all like like firewalls and, and network switches and crap. Um and maybe you're looking at um, like web applications, but not really too much, right? A little bit. When you scan with a vulnerability scanner, you're looking at endpoints. You're looking at nodes on the network, right? When you when you are looking at logins and logouts, you're looking at users logging in, humans. SAP is an application. Again, I'll say it. It's a very complicated application. So what ends up happening often is that the InfoSec office will treat it like a black box, meaning it's just an application. I'll, I'll look at it later. It sits on the network. You, you need to be specialized in SAP security in order to secure SAP. And no general practitioner in the information security space, unless they went to training or something like that, is going to know how to adequately secure SAP. Very likely, you would hire some outsourced, focused professional services company that specializes in SAP Secure to come in and secure it, which would be a one-time event, by the way. And eventually, you know, it would start getting like loosened up because something's not working and misconfigurations and Carl's all over the place. And the InfoSec office is going to treat it like a black box. I've seen it a million times. Now, when you mature an information security program to the point where like the blocking and tackling of patching and MFA and you know end user awareness and ba basic best practices are in place, then you might turn your attention to in your ERP solution. But by and large, those treat are treated like black boxes and they are a massive area of risk, which is really, really hilarious. It's unintentional comedy because SAP 
or any ERP solution is typically the most business critical asset next to like whatever it is making the product. The financial people, the analysts, the one who are doing projections for next quarter, next year, how much product do we own? Is it worth going into this uh, um, sector? Is it, are, are we hitting our, our metrics? Are the salespeople doing their stuff? All the statistics and forecasting is done in these ERP solutions. So it is incredibly valuable to the business that this thing stays pristine. And yet it's an area that InfoSec typically does not focus on. I'll go back, <clears throat> I'll go back and look at um, chat to see if it resonates with anybody. Maybe I'm way off, but I've been in this game for 20 years and I've seen this time and time and time and time again. I'll give you another example. I'll give you another example, okay? And I'm going to make this a little generic, so I'm not naming names. A major healthcare provider, right? A major healthcare provider, which there's tons of them, right? <clears throat> healthcare in the United States is actually going this direction where they're gobbling up small businesses and, you know, kind of industrializing healthcare in the United States. So you've got your big ones, right? Like your your Prism Healthcare or, or whatever, your health systems, right? They all use the same ERM, Enterprise, uh, um, Enterprise Health Record, or EHR, EMR, whatever you want to call it. The thing that the doctor puts their notes in, and it does the billing, it does the recording, it does, it sends to labs, it, it does the prescriptions and sends those out. These things are nerve centers for how hospital systems work. But it is a highly focused, super specific application that nobody, unless they go get training in this specific application, knows how to secure. So it's a big black box. It's a big, yes, it, I wasn't going to name names, Anthony, but yeah, Epic is what I'm talking about. Epic, uh, there's a couple, there's like two or three major ones, but no general practitioner, and, and frankly, I, I agree with this, no general practitioner has any business going into Epic and flipping levers unless you know how to secure Epic, and that is a specialized skill, which... In my experience, businesses do not hire staff to do that. They hire staff to secure the endpoints. It's a, it's a gross shortcoming uh, in our industry. <clears throat> so, hashtag preach. Malicious Android apps sold for up to $20,000 on the darknet. Kaspersky describes these facts in an article published on Monday, which said its team collected examples from nine different darknet forums where these apps are being sold. To publish a malicious app, cybercriminals need a Google Play account and a malicious downloader code. Developer accounts can be bought for between $60 and $200 each, Kaspersky explained, but on the other hand, the cost of malicious loaders ranges between $2,000 and $20,000, depending on the complexity of the malware and malicious code, as well as additional functions. These tools are usually disguised as cryptocurrency trackers, financial apps, QR code scanners, or dating apps. Interesting. <clears throat> so this isn't a surprise. Okay. Again, this is one of those. And by the way, welcome. Uh, I think it was Phineas. Oh, Farns, Janice, uh, newbie here drinking from the fire hose. This is amazing. And the squad support and the Oprah, you get, you get InfoSec education, you get InfoSec education, you get InfoSec education. Okay. So here's the deal. Malicious Android apps. This is not new to anybody. Um, you know, crypto miners, uh, info stealers, whatever it is. This is a commodity malware, meaning that it's just like, it's everywhere and it's bulky and it's easy to sell and stuff. And then there's a dark net marketplace for it. <clears throat> like think of going to the Apple app store and downloading an app and paying $200 for it, right? This is what the dark net is because you're downloading malicious criminal app. You download the app and then you can even, according to this, it looks pretty good. You can actually pay for, um, downloads of your malicious app from dark web people. They're not going to really install it. They're just downloading it to pump those numbers up, right? You, if you if you found an app in the app store that said like, you know, whatever, rip, rev, revolutionary NFT wallet, and it had zero downloads, you'd be like, this is wicked sus, right? Those are rookie numbers. We got to pump up those numbers. So they have fake downloads from other dark web people, uh, dark net people, downloads, and now it's got 10,000 downloads, right? Oh man, this looks pretty legit. 10,000 people, five-star review. This can't be fake. You download it, you're compromised. Boom, you're over, okay? So there, there's just a whole ecosystem marketplace for it. Also, they said here that um, uh, developer accounts that have been compromised are also for sale. 
Um, so you can take a legitimate developer account, someone BSEC busted his hump and made um, some type of like subnet calculator tool and pushed it on Google Play and made it 99 cents. And you know what? He's got a nice little uh, new um, Newmark turntables because of it, okay? But then I, I send um, BSEC a phishing email and I'm like, hey, check it out. Like, I'm, I'm the publicist for DJ Jazzy Jeff and he wants you to guest on his uh, on his lunchtime stream. Click here for uh, options. And BSEC's like, yes, like, let's go. So I get BSEC's developer account. So now he doesn't know any different, but I go into the Google Play Store. He's already developed credibility as a legit developer. And then I post my malicious NFT wallet criminal thing under his account. It goes through the uh, Google Play Store because it looks thumbs up. Then I get a bunch of fake downloads from it. And then, you know, my Aunt Dorothea uh, falls forward and downloads the malicious app. And then boom, the threat actor has won and probably covered their costs for the initial whatever, $2,000 to buy the malicious app to, to get the developer account and to get the fake downloads. This is a textbook. This is how this dark net ecosystem works, okay? What, what I just said is the entire playbook, okay? Just be mindful. Don't download crap from the internet. Minnesota school district cancels classes after alleged cyber attack. A public school system in Rochester, Minnesota announced this past weekend that it was canceling classes for all 42 schools that it operates after it was hit by a suspected cyber attack that began late last week. On Friday, Rochester Public Schools released a message explaining that, quote, it discovered irregular activity on its network, end quote, and needed to shut down district-wide internet connection to review and address the issue. The incident comes weeks after a school district in Minneapolis was hit with a ransomware attack that exposed troves of sensitive student information. It is not yet clear if the incidents are related. Hmm, there's that word again. Okay, so this is not the school that got hit by Medusa ransomware, all right? This is a different school. I, I just want to call your attention to it. It's, it's going to be a ransomware attack. This school is screwed, okay? or this school district is screwed. Uh, I'm gonna take a guess and say that it's Vice Society, okay? I'm, I'm just gonna throw that out there as, you know, as a speculation, I'm, yeah, based on nothing other than Vice targets those. Vice or Royal? I think it's Vice though, okay? I just wanna call your attention to this because this literally just echoes and reinforces what I just told you, okay? On Friday, they released a message saying they discovered irregular activity shut down the district while they review the issue the incident guys they shut the school down it's clearly a ransomware attack but it's not a breach not yet not yet they're still investigating you get a lot of room to investigate an incident okay oh i don't think they can pay the uh, ransom cyber andy no, I don't think they can pay the ransom at all. I think they have to rebuild, but um, they're probably trying to see if they can, you know, um, they're probably working with law enforcement. They're probably seeing if they can get a decryptor, if they can trick the ransomware threat actors. I, I, I don't know, but um, it's, it's not good. I'm sure the kids don't mind, right? But Minnesota getting hosed, eh? That's a heck of a... That's a heck of a ransomware attack you got there, don't you know? All right, Minnesota are good people. I hope they get through this. And just a reminder, today we will be having a live audience recording of the CISO Series podcast in New York City. If you are there, you can be part of it. Just go to CISO. All right, so that's going to do it for today's stream. Let me put on some jams, and thank you guys for being here. What? Guys, thank you all for being here. If you were here just for the news, genuinely appreciate you taking the time. Genuinely appreciate all of you helping each other, connecting with each other. I got to tell you guys, uh, real quick before you go, I will be streaming tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time live from a remote location. I got the uh, mobile studio set up. Hashtag, uh, shout out to Justin Gold for helping me troubleshoot last night on uh, my audio, of all things. Who's surprised? Um... So we'll be at the remote location. Holla, holla, holla. Um, and now just like a minute of jawjacking because I got to get on the road. I got a seven hour drive in front of me. I have been approached by more than one person. Okay. So like probably like four people in the last two weeks. Okay. Who have told me that they are so 
like impressed and in awe of our community of the specifically how supportive how inclusive how kind how just such a pleasure to see the simply cyber community engage with each other i i've said this a million times guys simply cyber i started it it was just me it has grown way beyond me and it, it it is a it's a it's an organism it's like a living thing and you all make up that that behavior that attitude that's that 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 support system and i i just want to on behalf of those individuals and on behalf of myself i just want to extend my sincere appreciation for continuing to make this like a really great community and i want to you know obviously i want to keep it going and i want um i just want as many people to to feel safe uh, to be able to ask whatever questions they want and know that they can get a, a real answer and not get shade thrown at them or any other nonsense like that. We don't have time for that. All right. So thank you, uh, everybody. I just wanted to share that with you before um, before I forgot. All right. So let's just spend. I, I, I can do two minutes, two minutes of jaw jack, and then I got a boogie. Yeah. <laughs> Simply Cyber has become self-aware. That's really funny. <laughs> oh, man. Gary Sturgiatis, love it. Uh, Gary Sturgiatis from the video Hospitality to Cyber. Brady McNulty from the video Pharmacy to Cyber. Thank you, Brady. I appreciate it. Tom Bishop, it is alive. Tom Bishop, I, I appreciate you dialing in, man, and, and being part of the community. What you showed me your look was, wow. That was, um, that was something special, buddy. It is the cool 80s music and the sound bites. Thank you. I, I agree. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love me some Finfrock, too. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Jenny Buckley. I'm happy to have you here. Thanks, Liam. I'm glad. To, I know, Liam, it's really hard to get up um, right now. So I appreciate you being up for us in New Zealand. Oh, thanks, Jim Wales. Be good. Yeah, thanks for the safe travels. I'm... I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, I could use a little R and R. I know, I know, I'm just up here chilling, but um, you know, I've had two and a half jobs for like uh, over a couple, like for like over a year. It, it it's very um, exhausting. Um, can you integrate AI into Ring to recognize people and greet them? That would be something, Soulshine. That'd be very cool. I don't see why not. They definitely have facial recognition systems now, and you could have a back-end database. You'd have to have the person's face already registered in the system, um, and then just play an audio file to map to them. You, No, I don't want another job, be sec. Um, World of Haiku, oh, you're welcome, Harish. Definitely my pleasure. I will be refreshed, I promise you. All right, Shakira, you're on for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I'm looking forward to it, okay? All right, guys, I'm out of here. Thank you all so very much. Be good. And until next time, stay secure.